there and welcome to City Breaks. This, in fact, is a City Breaks update as opposed to part of a series. And the reason for that is that we're taking a little break and I thought it'd be a good idea to just update you as to why that is and when you can expect to hear us back. Because, oh yes, we're definitely coming back. In common with so many other people interested in travel, travellers themselves, the companies, the travel writers, we found it tricky to keep going all the way through COVID, but keep going so far, we have. It's just taken a little bit longer to get everything organised, the travel, the research, etc. So we're taking a few weeks break just to really work on tidying up the loose ends for the new blockbuster series, which will be starting in January. More about that in a minute. And so to loyal listeners, thank you very much, by the way, who are used to finding a City Breaks episode without fail in their podcast feed every Wednesday evening. That routine is taking a little time off. I'm going to talk about the new series in a minute, but before I do that, I thought this might be a good moment to remind people about the previous series that we've had, because if you haven't had a chance to listen to all of them, now when we're taking a break would be a good moment, I hope, to go back and find one that you haven't enjoyed yet. I talked in last week's episode about the Florence, the Munich and the St. Petersburg series, and of course they're all there, sitting on our website for you to browse, and that leaves four other series, which I didn't mention last week, but I thought I might just mention this week. Because I know there are some new listeners who perhaps don't know about all the stuff that's come before. So I wanted to remind you just briefly about the Toulouse series, our visit in, I think it was nine or ten episodes, to France's favourite pink city. France's favourite city full stop, actually, according to lots of polls. If you ask the French themselves where they would most like to live if they had the choice, more people choose Toulouse than anywhere else. There are episodes there on the lovely architecture, on a whole range of different museums which are there to visit. I think that episode was called From Woad to Outer Space because one of the museums deals with the woad, or the pastel, as it's called in French, which was basically an amazing new blue plant dye that made Toulouse's wealth in the 16th century. And the outer space bit is because there is a space centre there and a wonderful aircraft museum. And I thought the title nicely encapsulated all the different things that Toulouse has to offer. There were also episodes on days out, so a nice trip down the Canal du Midi, for example, with various stop-offs to sample different types of cassoulet, should that be your thing. There's a series on Seville as well, 13 episodes, I think. One of those Spanish cities which really seems to encapsulate everything we think of as typically Spanish, so Moorish architecture, with those lovely arches and tiles, and the gorgeous colours, flamenco, guitars, bullfighting, if that's your thing, grand fiestas like Holy Week, Semana Santa, and the much more secular Feria de Abril. Following on from Seville, we went to Paris. I think that's 24 episodes long. No need to introduce Paris, of course. Just think everything from having a crepe in the Quartier Latin, gazing at those glorious stained-glass windows in Saint-Chapelle, a bus ride out from the centre to see the love nest that Napoleon bought for Josephine, wandering along the Seine, the bridges, the Bouquiniste. I could go on and on, but I mustn't. Please, if that's your thing, have a look, or rather have a listen to, the Paris series. And then most recently, of course, there was our series on Bath. That's Bath in the UK for foreign listeners. The glories of Georgian architecture, all those wonderful crescents. The city of Jane Austen and all her characters. 
full of parks and walks and museums and theatres and galleries. A perfect little gem in south-west England. So much then for everything that's gone before. What about the new series? Well, I think it's going to be quite a blockbuster. On January the 6th, I'm proposing to upload the very first series in City Breaks London. It's going to be 20 plus episodes. Paris is 24. I think London surely will be at least that long, possibly slightly longer. And I'll be doing episodes on all the must-sees like St Paul's and Buckingham Palace and Westminster. That's Westminster Houses of Parliament and the rather lesser-known Westminster Hall. More about that in a minute. I'll be going to all the areas that you've heard about. Hampstead, Kensington and Chelsea. Taking a day trip out here and there to places like Windsor. Lots of literary London, Shakespeare and Dickens and the Bloomsbury Group. And of course we mustn't forget London's theatre land. And of course a chance to meet loads and loads of English characters, Henry VIII, Samuel Johnson, Winston Churchill and many, many more. People who lived in London, made their mark in London, in some cases made London famous across the world. We'll be hearing what they got up to there, what they thought about it and what they wrote about it. And so, just as a little taster, I've picked out three extracts from all the research I've done so far, just to give you a flavour of some of the episodes and of the great variety of wonderful writing that I'll be leaning on to illustrate some of the episodes. There's going to be an episode on the River Thames, where I will be quoting a wonderful diary written by one William Fitzstephen in, wait for it, the 12th century, including these glorious lines, which I'm just about to read, in which he writes about walking along the River Thames on a winter day when the river was completely frozen and lots of people had gone out to have some fun with that. Do bear in mind then, as I'm reading it, this was written 900 plus years ago. OK, so, quote, When the great marsh along the northern walls of the city is frozen, crowds of young men go out to amuse themselves on the ice. Some run to gather speed and slide along the ice with feet apart, covering great distances. Others make seats of ice, shaped like millstones, and get a group of others who run in front of them, holding hands, to drag them along. Sometimes they go too fast, and all fall flat on their faces. Others, more skilled in ice sports, fit the shin bones of beasts to their feet, lashing them to their ankles, and use an iron-shod pole to propel themselves, pushing against the ice. They are borne along as swiftly as a bird in flight. Personally, I love to remember that extract if I happen to be walking along the Thames in London, especially on a winter's day. Who knows if the Thames will ever freeze over again, but how interesting to hear from all those centuries ago that it did used to, and that the fun and games that that engendered weren't really all that different from what people today might rush out and do themselves. Having a quick look through my files, I notice that I'll be including descriptions of things like the execution of Anne Boleyn at the Tower of London and a description of Catherine Howard, one of Henry VIII's other wives, the fifth one, running in panic through Hampton Court Palace on the day that she realised that Henry knew that she'd possibly hadn't been faithful to him. When you go to visit Hampton Court, you can walk along the very corridor where we know that happened and having that description in your mind when you go I think, really brings it to life. I've dug out some of the great speeches which have been made in Parliament and at next-door Westminster Hall, Charles I, for example, and his great adversary, Oliver Cromwell. 
And then, of course, of course, we must have a little bit of Churchill in the House of Commons during World War II. But there's also Daniel Defoe on The Plague and Samuel Johnson on The Great Fire of London. I must include something from Dickens on The Great London Fog of the 19th Century, perhaps an extract like the following one, which comes from the opening chapter of his novel Bleak House. Here's a little taster. Fog everywhere. Fog up the river, where it flows among green gates and meadows. Fog down the river, where it rolls defiled among the tiers of shipping and the waterside pollutions of a great and dirty city. And then a few lines later, gas looming through the fog in diverse places in the streets. Most of the shops lighted two hours before their time. And then he goes from that general description into the area of London near the law courts, where his story is going to be set. Quote, the raw afternoon is rawest, and the dense fog is densest, and the muddy streets are muddiest, near that leaden-headed old obstruction, appropriate ornament for the threshold of a leaden-headed old corporation, Temple Bar. And then, a paragraph later, inside one of the buildings. Quote, On such an afternoon, if ever the Lord High Chancellor ought to be sitting here, as he is, with a foggy glory round his head, softly fenced in with crimson cloth and curtains, addressed by a large advocate with great whiskers, a little voice, and an interminable brief, and outwardly directing his contemplation to the lantern in the roof, where he can see nothing but fog. That will give a little bit of flavour to the episode on Dickens, where I'm going to have a look at the Dickens Museum, have a look at some of the novels in which London features and a look at the biography of Dickens, who spent so much of his life in London, where he used to like to walk the streets overnight, and see all sorts of corners that other people never really got to. In the episode on St Paul's, there'll also be a call for extracts, perhaps a bit of one of John Donne's sermons, and certainly this description of Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, which should have been held, as so many national events have been over the centuries, in St Paul's, but where the problem was that because she was now so elderly, it was deemed too difficult to get her from her carriage into the church and right up to the front. And so the whole ceremony was held on the steps of the cathedral. She arrived in a horse-drawn carriage. There is actually film of that available, you may have seen it. The bells of the cathedral fell silent as she arrived. The clergymen and the choir boys were all out waiting to greet her. The service was held, and right at the end, came an amusing little moment written about by none other than the Bishop of London who was present at the time, and who wrote, quote, The other carriages waited, and when the hymn was over, there was a pause of intolerable silence. The Archbishop of Canterbury, with splendid audacity and disregard of decorum, interpreted what was in everyone's mind, and cried out, Three cheers for the Queen! Never were cheers given with such startling unanimity and precision. All the horses threw up their heads at the same moment and gave a little quiver of surprise. When the cheers were over, the band and chorus, by an irresistible impulse, burst into God Save the Queen. I like to think that if you've heard the episode and then you go to visit St Paul's, you'll be able to picture that moment as you walk up the cathedral steps at the top of Ludgate Hill that moment from June 1897, when a little moment of history was made. So, I hope that serves as a flavour of what I'll be serving up in City Breaks London. It won't be all history and literature, of course. We very much want to visit the city of 
red buses and the royal family and the world-beating museums and galleries and theatres. Most of the episodes will centre on places you might want to visit, and they will give you then the history and the cultural background that you would research for yourself if only you had the time. Okay, so that's more or less it for now then. During the break, please do try out a series if there is one you haven't heard yet. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review or tell a friend you've enjoyed it and you think they might enjoy it too, that would be great. Or you could get in touch and send us an idea for a city break. Just the name of the city and a few lines about why would be great. We can incorporate that into a city break ideas episode. Actually, it's not beyond possible if I get some more ideas fairly soon that I might do one more episode like that before Christmas. So one may pop up in your podcast feed. Otherwise, please do rejoin us on Wednesday, January the 6th with the opening episode of City Breaks London. Just leave you with a reminder about the ways in which you can get in touch. You can do that, of course, through the website www.citybreakspodcast.co.uk It's a place to find the podcasts if you're not getting them by some other means. It's also a place to find the blog and leave us a comment. Or you can email citybreaks at citybreakspodcast.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at citybreakscast. And so I'm going to thank you very much for listening to the update and say goodbye in Why Not? All the languages that we've featured so far on the various series. So from Italy, Florence, that would be Arrivederci. From Munich, Auf Wiederhören. From St. Petersburg, Dosvidania. From Seville, Adios. From Bath, or indeed from London, goodbye. And to finish then, the French version from the Toulouse series, or indeed the Paris series, not Adieu, which means we'd never meet again, but Au Revoir, which means we will. I do hope so. Au revoir.